for club and you ain't in it full of psychopaths who believe in eugenics it's an evil club and you ain't in it full of psychopaths who believe in eugenics it's an evil club and you ain't in it all right welcome everybody this is the reality czars podcast and we're your hosts nathan and tony hello and we got an awesome guest on today his name is kyle uh he wrote kike on here <laughs> I, know, I noticed that a couple seconds ago. I was like, should I say something? Should I not say something? I don't know if he's going hard neo-reactionary and fucking anti-Semitic on us, or I guess we'll find out. We'll yeah. learn more about Kyle in a minute here. So, uh, Kyle, we started talking on Twitter. Uh, somebody recommended you to be on the show. I was actually looking for uh, a mutualist because I, you know, I'm a bottom unity guy. I'm really interested in different uh, schools of anarchism. I got like my best buddy. He's an ANCOM. Tony's a fucking minarchist. I got a lot of friends that I, I guess I consider myself more of an agorist and an asshole. Uh, So, you know, I'm just trying to get like different flavors, whatever. And anyways, you were recommended. Uh, You said yourself, you're not necessarily a fucking, uh, uh, with the fu- a mutualist, but you would just come on here and talk some shit. So that sounded like fun. Yeah. And why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, so I think the, the way that I would describe myself is, as I said before, um, just a guy, like a normal guy who is embarrassed, honestly, about how long it's taken me to get as pissed off as I am about how things are going. Um, you know, I know, I know we're in circumstances right now that are, you know, kind of crazy. I never, I never would have imagined that the things that are going on right now would be going on. Um, so I just think that these circumstances have pushed me to the point where it's like, I I need to be involved. I need to be trying to make a difference somehow, as opposed to, just talking shit on Twitter, which I do love to do. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I love the shit talking. It is something that it. I work a lot, and then yeah. I'm getting ready for a baby. We just bought a new house. Oh, congratulations! So I don't have, thanks, man. Uh, we uh, I, so I don't necessarily have a lot of time for fucking actual action, but I actually think that this is fucking action. Taking care of the family working my ass off, making a better life for the family. So I think that that is the best thing that I can possibly do in the moment. But in the meantime, talking an awful lot of shit on Twitter is a lot of fun. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah, You know, talking the shit on Twitter, I'm not sure how much it helps, but uh, it it helps me. It makes me feel better. So Um, as far as the, uh, the taking care of you and your family, I, I mean, I agree. I think that is the best thing that any of us can be doing. You married? You have kids? Anything? I am engaged to be married. I do not have any kids. Uh, sooner the better on that, though. We are uh, that. That's what we're looking to do. Awesome, man! Congrats. Thank you. When's the due date, or when are you guys get married? Uh, well, you know, we were gonna get married. Um, what is what? This is the end of August, so in a couple weeks we were going to. But uh, you know, with everything with COVID and lockdowns, we just weren't sure. So uh, I don't want to have like, um, what's, what am I trying to say? Like, I don't want to have a venue picked out and them cancel on us. You know what I mean? So basically. Are you guys doing the big wedding? 
you guys no, gonna try no, to? No. So what I think we're gonna do is we're we're gonna push it back a little bit, and we're gonna I think do it in like my parents' backyard or something, so that we don't have to worry about that sort of thing. I like it. Yeah, I mean, me and the wife, dear, we got married to 2018, 2000, 2017, two years ago, 2019. Okay. Anyways, yeah, we got married in 2019, right before the world fucking fell apart. Yep. Like, and I actually don't know exactly what the fuck we would have done. It would have been kind of fucked. So, I mean, I feel for people that are just now trying to, I don't know, man. Just I don't even know what the fuck dating looks like for normies. Yeah, like, it's crazy. It's fucking lame as shit. Especially if you're a fucking libtard and you're, like, afraid of this bullshit and you're like, <laughs> I couldn't even fucking imagine. Yeah, well, one thing I've noticed about those type of people is that they tend to be afraid of of something when other people want to do it. When it's something they want to do, like go out on a date or something, they tend to make exceptions, you know? Yeah, but okay, for a dude, I could totally see that. But do you think, like, every progressive broad I know takes this uber fucking seriously? Yeah, they have I, half their head shaved, it's purple, they're angry and upset, they have two masks on. But I actually I come I live in an area that's more progressive than others, so I don't. Where are you at, Kyle? You said like Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland, Ohio. Okay, so yeah. you, m- people might be more normal where you are. I'm not sure. Well, I don't think Ohio's very normal. Maybe a different uh-huh. kind of normal. Yeah, different kind of normal <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, around the area I'm in, uh, you know, you have a, a good mix of people who care, people who don't care, um, but. Yeah, you know, that's just something that I've noticed with people. When uh, when it's something that they care about, it, they tend to take the rules a little less seriously. So I found out something pretty fucking interesting this morning. I read some stupid article. So our governor fucking sucks, dude. Her name is Kate Brown, and she's a giant fucking cunt. Uh-huh. Uh, and she basically just piggybacks on whatever the fuck uh, Gavin Newsom does. And then what's the asshole in Washington? You know who I'm talking about, Tony? What's it, what's the Inslee? Is it Inslee? Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 it's Washington State, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So whatever fucking Washington, Washington, California does, our fucking governor just goes, yeah, that too. And uh, she's just a real fucking bitch. Uh, but I read this morning, people were fucking upset and crying and up, like up and up their ass. But I thought it was fucking fantastic. There are six governors in this state out of 36 counties, or sorry, no, the six uh, sheriffs. So six counties out of the 36 or 32 counties have, they are calling themselves the constitutionalist sheriffs, and they're saying, uh, fuck that, that's unconstitutional, we want nothing to do with this, we're going to let people choose whether or not they want to wear masks. And I just thought I was being a rebellious asshole, me and like the 10 other people I'd see every once in a while. Like I'll go to the fucking store here in my, cause I just moved out of like, I just moved out of the city, city ish area. And now we're kind of in rural Oregon. Okay. I'm still close enough, but like I'm 45 minutes in from Portland, but we're in rural. Our fucking sheriff is one of those assholes. And that's why they're not giving me shit. When I go into a fucking store without a mask on, like I'd still say 98% of people are wearing masks, but it's like me and like, I'll see like one other dipshit across the street, across the fucking store. And we like make eye contact. We're like, yes, normal fucking people. Yeah. It's all men. My wife just like whispered at me. It's, it's all men. 
Um, I see fat women. There's big fat white trash women that are wearing no mask too. I maybe they just can't breathe normally though, um, so they just take off the mask. Uh, but I thought that was fucking phenomenal. I mean, I don't know what Ohio is like. Do you guys have the mask mandates? Uh, no mask mandates. Um, basically, I mean, you have a lot of people who are wearing them. Um, you know, voluntarily. Uh, and like some stores will tell you that you have to put one on to come in, but there's no mandate. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I guess I'm happy about that. Um, you know, there's just enough other stuff going on with, you know, coercing businesses through, you know, you you know, the stuff that's going on, uh, just all of that kind of stuff. The, the governor here, Mike DeWine, people kind of hold him up as one of the good governors throughout all of this, but I'm not not particularly a fan. Is he a red or a blue? He's a, a Republican. Okay. Yeah. What has he done to stand up to any of this? I'm or sorry? Has he? has he done anything to stand up to any of this? Not really. You know, I mean, he just kind of goes with it. He's He seems like, you know, your typical establishment Republican. Okay. Well, yeah. so... A piece of shit. Yeah, more or less. Yeah, he's not really fighting back against any of it. He's kind of just, you know, this is what we got to do to be safe, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, shut down tons of businesses uh, throughout all of this. So, you know, not a fan of any of that. I guess, man, I'm starting to fucking, I'm starting to fucking get it. I've been dragging my heels a lot with this whole, like, so I see where a lot of people are coming from, I guess. And I see the movement that people are like, kind of people are, it, it just seems like people like you and me, people like us are starting to wake up to the reality. I guess I, I hate even fucking saying it. Sure. That maybe the Republicans right now, right now, I'll say preface it with that are better than the Democrats right now. I've been one of those autistic, like, the left is the same thing as the right, blah, 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 blah. And I mean, they are where most of the time where it counts, but in this, there has been a few shining examples of like, I I don't even know what it is. I guess the Republicans still pretend at least to care about freedom and Liberty. And so like people like Ron DeSantis, while he is a fucking like Zionist bootlicker, he also is not forcing people to get vaccines yet which is fantastic. And he's not, he's trying to fight the mass mandates in schools, which we very much so have mass mandates here for schools. Yeah. Yeah, Um, That's horrifying. The thought of kids sitting in school, you know, for eight hours wearing a mask. That's uh, that's, that's horrifying. I was just watching a fucking video, man. I was just watching a video. Uh, God damn it. What County was this? This is in California. There's a County in California. They're the first ones in the country to mandate, every single person in the school period have a vaccine. Wow. So that, that means like all staff, but also every eligible child has to have the fucking vaccine. And, and this guy is like uh, talking to Fauci and Fauci saying like, yes, that's a good idea. And then they're saying like, okay, but like what went, what, what happens when you guys say five-year-olds can get it? Do you think that it should be mandated for five-year-olds and he's like, I know parents, they don't like that. But uh, yes, I think it's important. And I'm like, fuck you, you little Italian fuck. Well, yeah, I mean, that's going to just happen. There's not, there's no mechanism to stop that. So they're trying to push that everywhere. So I'm not, I'm not surprised. I'm sad. 
I'm sad about it too. I mean, if nothing else, dude, I, okay. I, so I try to find the white pills and all of this bullshit. A white pill for me is if there are enough right wingers or just hippie, crunchy weirdos too. Like those people are my allies too. Like yoga, crunchy mamas and stuff. Those yeah. guys like the naturopath weirdos. Like I love them. Like those are my homies too. Uh, if they actually give enough of a fuck that they're going to say, fuck this. And they're going to pull their kids out of school over this. That to me is a giant fucking white pill. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I, uh, you know, I, I listen to a lot of like, uh, kind of hippie music, you know? So I've got some friends who are, you know, that kind of same thing. Uh, and I always like wondered like, how can I reach these people to, cause I mean, I don't know. A lot of these people, they, they kind of act like they are kind of anti-establishment, anti-government, but when it comes down to it, they're fine with the government forcing people to do things a lot of the time. Do you know what I mean? I will tell you that we have a ex- – yes, I do know what you mean, but I will say that the fucking crunchy weirdos here in Portland uh, okay. have really fucking surprised me, man. Okay. Like uh, – there there's kind of like a loose group that like we all hang out. We kind of call ourselves sort of like the free thinkers. Right. And it's just, and it can be anybody. Like we have like weirdo, like full on sovereign citizen types that think that we're like on, uh, like what the fuck do you call that? Like they think we're in like uh Navy time law or something. And they're trying to tell me that like, I should, I should like, Anyway, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Okay. Then then there's the Q people. There was a couple Q weirdos. Then there's like the crunchiest fucking hippie that is that stinks like shit. And then there's like, it's just this group of people that were just saying like, I'm done with this tyranny. We need freedom. We need liberty. We need to be like, all we need is like human connection. Like, so like, I, to me, it was like this beautiful thing that like, I just kind of accidentally ran into like, um, I had a friend that like invited me into like what's called the Liberty movement. It's, it's kind of like another version of like the freedom cells. Like if you're familiar with that. No, no, not really. So the freedom cells was like this. Uh, it's this agorist movement that like, it's about like finding people in your area. And okay. so like you find a cell would be like eight people tops and you guys just kind of make like a mutual aid society where like you guys all get together. You guys all drink beers and have a barbecue. You guys also all practice guns together. You guys also practice, you know what I mean? You guys also start like mutual aid by like bartering, trading, anything you can do under the table. Like, can we start like a weed growing business? Can we start like, a, can we start printing guns? Can we start doing it? You know what I mean? You just start trying to do like whatever you can. And uh, there's another one that was more anarcho-capitalist called the Liberty Movement. And, like, I had a friend that kind of got me into that. We started having these meetings. I met some of these crunchy hippies. And, like, it's a really cool thing that's out here. And it's just, like, in the height of this, the weirdos were, like, like we weren't even doing nothing dangerous. We're, you know what I mean? They're just weirdos. We're just hippies. They, like, let's have ballroom dancing in the height of like the, like the maximum lockdowns, nobody's allowed to, there's no more than 10 people allowed in one building. Everyone has to wear a mask. You know what I mean? And so like these, it was just a cool fucking get together with human beings and about connections. We'd all hug and like 
shake hands and just kind of like talk with each other. And it was, it was a beautiful fucking thing. It, it, I think it saved my mental health actually meeting some of these people because like during, like some of this shit was scary at first, dude. Like when this first happened, you know, it was like, God damn, man, going to Costco seemed like I was in a fucking Nazi movie. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? It was fucking weird. Yeah, no, Uh, those freedom cells and liberty movement, that sounds great. That sounds like exactly what I am looking for uh, or if I can't find it trying to build around me because I I just don't, you know, you don't have that. I 10,000, 100 billion percent guarantee you go to the freedomcells.org. There will be a cell near you. Okay. There will be other like-minded, cool people around you. Nice. That is great so, to know. That yeah, is exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah, and I also think like hippies have a whole history of agorism. Like, uh, dude, like the, hippies have been agorists forever, and they didn't know it. They were just selling true. rope. You know what I mean? They yeah, were selling yeah. grass, you know, growing weed and being fucking... Yeah, there's so much of just like, this, this is a lifestyle that really... Or like hippies, like their lifestyle generally kind of fits right into this philosophy. And I realized, like, so much of, like, the hippie things that are around here are kind of built around libertarian principles. Basically, just respect people's consent and just, you know, people figure out, like, rules for different situations. Be cool, dude. Peace. Yeah. Yeah. And I just feel like something got really co-opted within these movements. But I would, like, I think that... Yeah, I think that you could definitely like explain these concepts to hippies in a way that they can understand. Like you get hippies to read Tom Woods. It won't be the first book they read, but you know, I, uh, that they're getting hippies to read Murray Rothbard, man. Some of the dude, when we had, uh, what's his name come through. I, why the fuck do I always forget his name? God damn it. He's, he's amazing. I love him. Tony, who I'm talking about, the thick red line guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Howard Lickman. When we had Howard Lickman come and like, Dude, it was such a hippie fest that they were doing sound healing. I don't even know what that is. They were literally hitting gongs and you get healed by it, I guess. Like, but like I was participating. I was having a good time. So like Howard fucking, do you know who Howard Lickman Lickman is? No, never heard of him. Such a badass motherfucker. The greatest anarchist there is, dude. Hardcore, like libertarian, uh, and cap. Definitely check the guy out. Um, he got there and just gave this hardcore fucking anarcho-capitalist speech, like, perfect, dude. And he got, like, a standing ovation. Like, these hippies, like, they are, they're ripe for it, man. Like, once they really understand freedom, like, I think this is a beautiful time, actually. As scary and shitty a time as this is, people want fucking liberty right now. Yeah, I... You know what I mean? I think that makes sense, um... My experience with them has been a little bit different. I don't know if that you can chalk that up to me being here in Ohio and you being out there. But uh, in my experience, I definitely understand what you mean. I, I've met, you know, the the hippie type who I, I can definitely see what you're saying in them. Um, a lot of the people that I've met that I like, they're like what I said before. They, you know, they talk a good game, but when an issue comes down the pipe that they care about, they're happy to let the state force people to do things. Hmm. Um, so, uh, that sucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely, I, that, that's why I always wanted to try to like reach that type of a person with that Liberty message though, because it does seem like right in that wheelhouse, you know, like a lot of the, uh, the hippie 
kind of ethos seems like it should line up with the uh, libertarian ethos. Yeah, the live and let live, which yeah. funny enough, man, like talking to like, I, I don't even know how, to, what do you want to call this new fucking movement that's coming out of like, I guess, right wing, angry libertarians? Like, what is this that's coming? <laughs> like, uh, I don't even know what the fuck to call it. What is this? Like, I've, heard, I've heard Pete, uh, Pete Quinones say post libertarian before. I don't know if that yeah. it is. You know, I, I have no idea. You're post libertarian. I, mean, I like it. Or post anarchist. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting, man. And I think I, we tried to have this conversation and then like the podcast fucked up. So everybody's going to miss the first three times. What did we try to do this? Something At like least. that. Yeah. So, but I was telling Kyle that, or Kike, whatever he wants to go by. <laughs> Sorry. that's. His... <laughs> I was telling Kyle that like the, f- my first fucking giant red pill after my red pill or post anarchist red pill was listening to Matt Erickson on Pete's show. Um, and he kind of broke my brain, man, because like, I was one of those fucking annoying, like uh, overly autistic principles first libertarians that like wouldn't vote against a fucking new tax because I'm not going to vote because that is statism and that's violence. Sure. Which is so, I mean, and it is sort of, but we also have to realize that like, we are inside of a fucking game of monopoly and this game has been like, has been created to fuck us and they've been running the bank this whole time and robbing us blind. And we have to get a hold of the fucking rule book and we have to start playing dirty or we're fucked. Well, I don't know. I, I kind of disagree with that a little bit. Like, I think that we have to hold our principles because if not, it doesn't matter. We'll just become the bad guy. I don't necessarily <laughs> think that, yeah, like, I don't think that voting is necessarily intrinsically, vi- like, because if someone doesn't actually initiate violence or whatever you vote for isn't done by initiation of violence, then there's really no principle that was violated as far as I'm concerned. Tony, you are not autistic. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just trying to break it down. <laughs> I mean, I tend to line up with uh, more with you, Nate. I, I mean, I'm at the point where, and I guess I've been this way for a while. Like, I, I just feel like um, you can sit on your hands and do nothing, but that's not going to get you anywhere. You know, um, you're. I, I'm sick of being handcuffed by. Uh, you know, an ideology, an ideology that I, you know, I do think is valuable, but you're playing with people who are not playing the same game as you are. They're not playing by the same rules. So, you know, I mean, sort of the way I see it is like, I actually think Murray Rothbard was right. And like, if you read some of his early stuff and if you read some of his later stuff, he was based as fuck dude. And I I think that we actually have to look at the non-aggression principle. If we're going to follow it, like so much of this time we talk about the non-aggression principle. We like, well, that would violate the non-aggression principle. And you're like, yes, but we're playing in a world that has already violated it. So it's like actions are already justified. So like, like we look at like, we're already being robbed right now. The government is robbing us fucking blind. What is that? Is that a violation of the non-aggression principle? 
obviously. So is are we justified? And okay, this podcast is for uh, Tony. What do we say? This is uh, oh, oh, yeah, this complete medical advice. This is one hundred percent medical advice. <laughs> this is uh, entertainment purposes only. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So now that that's covered. We are justified in any fucking possible way in getting all of our money back because we've been fucking robbed at the barrel of a gun. The viol- like the violation of the non-aggression principle is done over. So, and every single person that reaps and benefits from that, every single government employee that takes a fucking check that fucking takes our money is up for grabs. Yeah, I'm we should be able to rob the blind. <laughs> I'm 100% on the same page with you on that one. Uh, I could not agree more. So, I mean, what do you say about that? How do we, how do you go about that? I don't know. Because it personally, myself, I'm like a no king but Christ, almost pacifist Christian. And I have a hard time, like, aggressing against someone violently. But that's where I say, like, we have to play dirty in almost any other way. So how do we do that? So, like, we have to be for myself, I guess. I mean, maybe you're nuts. So (laughs) I had, we've had some guests on, we've had one guest on particular that was like, he's like total down for the boog and shit. I'm like, I just don't think that that's the way to go, buddy. I think you're going to fucking get yourself killed quick. Yeah. You know, I'm not like down for it. I'm not like super excited. Like, let's do this. Uh, I do have to admit, I, I, I try to avoid the black pill, but sometimes I feel like I just don't know what else we're coming to, you know, like as crazy as things are getting like, you know, I'm about to start a new job and I have like no reason to believe that in a couple of weeks they might come to me and say, Hey, you know, I know you just started here, but you're not going to be able to work here anymore. If you don't, if you don't take the vaccine. And in that scenario, I'm going to be out of a job, you know, so I just don't I, I don't know what you do, you know. Well, we just we just had a conversation with Aaron. We're going to post that probably tomorrow. I got to work on the show notes. Uh, but one of the things that we talked about with Aaron was uh, he's like, I'm a young fucking he's. Is he, I don't think he's married. He's got a girlfriend. Anyways, but he just bought a house, whatever. Uh, he's, but he's like, he's a young fucking, he's like a good demographic, like a sh- to show you what a libertarian anarchist is. Right? He's like young, white, male. Uh, if he loses his fucking job, what does he have left? You know what I mean? You, that, that's the scariest thing is like, you have these people that just wanted to be left alone. You have these, like, you have these young men that are, like, I get why the State Department is starting to call us domestic terrorists. Why? Because we love, we value and love freedom, and freedom is inherently an anti-government word. Yeah. Like, libertarianism is inherently anti-government. We want you to leave us the fuck alone. We don't want to be governmente. We don't want you to control our mind. We want you to go fuck yourself. Yeah. Right? And... If they're pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And there's so many people that are just like, I, I, you know, okay, non-aggression principle, non-aggression principle. Okay, we're just going to be good people. And then there's going to be a point where you take our fucking job, you take our, you take away any chance of us like participating in normal society. I, but see, to me, to, to me, this is almost the trap they're trying to put us in. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So, I like, I don't, yeah. 
yeah, I don't want to do that because like, well, first I, I have kids, a wife and you know, so like I'm, I have a different thing going. There's a lot of single young autistic white men with too many guns and value and read too much Hoppe that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not one of those, but I'm just saying, I hope that it doesn't come to that, frankly, because I honestly think that if it does, it's just going to be further demonization of anything, of any type of libertarians, of any people that consider themselves anti-vaxxers. Like, we're all going to be seen as, like, basically Yalkaida. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and it's it's a scary thing, and it'll just be easier for them to force vaccinations. Well, yeah, I think they want either complete obedience or complete rebellion, because either way, they can control it. What they don't want is us doing our own thing, and I feel like that's what we got to figure out. See, that's the most dangerous thing. You're right, Tony. Peaceful, civil disobedience and or black market, do whatever the fuck we want. See, that to me, why, like, we had a conversation with Sal, and he white-pilled the fuck out of us. Yeah, I listened to that. It was fucking, he white pulled the fuck out of us, man. I honestly think that agorism is the answer, dude. I mean, at least on a small scale and for some individuals, we can create the freedom that we're looking for. And are there going to be people that slip through the cracks? Probably. So, like, the best thing we can do is, like, okay, so this actually reminds me and takes me back to the Matt Erickson episode. We're going to have him back on uh, pretty soon. We should have him back on pretty soon. I, um. But what we had talked about is basically we're looking at the United States right now. We're we're viewing it as like a sinking fucking ship, right? We're looking at it like the fucking Titanic and everybody's going down with the ship. And I see the Mises caucus. I see like the LP as like these people telling everybody, hey, look, the ship is going down, but they're staying on the ship. Like I still see like they're still trying to use the political like they're still trying to use this like dying and dead method. And that's why, like, I, I love I love all the Mises Caucus guys. I love Dave Smith. Dave Smith brought me to libertarianism. Like, he was my first big red pill. Like, I don't I don't dislike any of those guys. I just don't think that that's going to be what, that's what's going to help us. Like, I don't think that that's even helping, frankly. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I go back and forth on that. I, I do tend to agree. Uh, I think, you know, the idea that change is going to come through political means just seems extremely high in the sky to me, man. Yeah. High in the fucking sky. Um, at the same time though, I don't know. I, you know, I guess if that's what you want to do, maybe you can make some kind of a difference. I just have a hard time saying, no, you're definitely wrong because what, what the fuck do I know? You know? Um, but uh, I mean, I can just trust my gut and make the call for myself. That is I basically mean, where I can't I'm say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't tell them for sure this is going to fail. I can tell you, I think you're going to fail. I wish well, you luck, but I think it's going to fail. I think it really depends on where you are on this journey. Because if you're just coming from normie land, then he's doing a really good job of bringing people over. I don't think you're supposed to just stay in the Mises Caucus. Yeah, like it's a, that's true. It's a landed point. We need so to have look at we need to have mandatory forced vaccinations of whole bottles of red pills. <laughs> and I don't I don't know how we do that, but <laughs> uh, and the Mises caucus is just throwing one in your mouth. And 
it's good. Normies need a fucking starter red pill. Um, I mean, I think Dave even says that he, you know, he doesn't think that he's going to win. He's just out there trying to change minds like Ron Paul. Yeah. You know, uh, and I, I get it. I think that's well, good. I, I think that there's a place for that. That's valuable. We need more people to think like we do. But so this is my problem with it is that like, I, I actually, no, I a hundred percent of fucking agree with you. Like I love Ron Paul. Ron Paul is the goddamn man. Yeah. And I love Dave Smith, dude. I sincerely fucking love Dave Smith. I have a huge fucking soft spot in my heart. I just think that like, it's too little too late. I think like if we were back in 2019, I would be all about it. We're now in fucking 2021 and I'm seeing this shit happen. And it's like, we need more fucking aggressive movement at this point. It's like, we've lost too much. Like, I don't like, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, he's trying to start the Ron Paul revolution again. What, what happened with Ron Paul? Yeah. What did we get? I mean, we have now a bunch of like more libertarians, I guess, but we're still not doing anything. And the LP is a goddamn joke. So, I mean, anyways, it's, it's all good. I do sincerely wish them luck. I like Michael Heiss. I've been in those fucking Facebook groups since the beginning. I hope that they fucking succeed. Maybe I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong. But where I see it is like, and this is the harder thing, man. And I always think that the answer is the harder way is that like, we're like, again, back to the Titanic, we're watching the ship sink. We need to be, instead of like, taking individual lifeboats and just running away we need to be building a separate ship because like us doing that we can pull normies what like normies are scared they don't know what to do but if they see us making new systems if they see us doing something they will join us like if we lead with action you know what i mean and we and we lead with like like we're doing something and we're being successful and we're like, if we're over here, if we're like growing fucking food, if we have a system where we're trading and bartering when, when shit hits the fan and you're not allowed to like in New York city, dude, you can't go to a fucking movie theater. You can't go inside of a restaurant. You can't go to a nightclub. You can't go to a Yankees game. You can't do shit without that fucking woke poke. That jab in your fucking arm. You can't do shit without it. So if we're over here with the black market doing what we need to do, then I think that we'll be more successful and we'll get more people on our side. So that's, I guess, where I think that the agorism is the only way. And maybe, dude, I'm not the brightest fucking bulb. I'm not the one that's going to organize this or make this happen. But I hope I spread this idea to somebody that is, and they fucking do it. Well, I feel like the whole concept of anarchy is no one organizes it. And there's lots of ways. And there's like Yes. This, like, I want like, it splintered. A million. Like, so we're all trying to figure out, like, the best possible way. And I'm like. Well, we're kind of thinking like a statist or uh, like, it's, I don't even want to say a statist because just like, I think that you just have to be really open-minded about different ways to achieve a goal to be in this world. Because if not, you'll go fucking crazy. What's that, Tony, what's that saying? Like a million flowers bloom or something like that? You, um, you know what I I'm don't know. I, I've heard like... You can kill a few flowers, but you can't stop spring. But I don't know who said that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just can't. It makes me think of the uh, that Hoppe thing, 10,000 Lichtensteins. Yes. 
Yeah, buddy. I mean, that's pretty much what we got to do. So I, so I guess again, my problem with the Mises Caucus is it's too centralized. It's going to like when or if they ever actually get any notoriety, it's going to be instantly demonized. It's going to be attacked from you know all sides. And I think that like the only real freedom that we can do is like on the small little scale. If we're like like you said, if small like a million fucking Lichtensteins, we need to be doing that everywhere. You need to be doing that in Ohio. We need to be doing that in Oregon. Tony's moving to Rhode Island. He needs to be doing that over there. Like we need to be running people for sheriff that we know are going to say, fuck the mandates. We need to be like taking over little tiny towns, like move to a fucking town with 400 people, bring 800 people, take over that fucking town, become the mayor, then have your buddy become the postmaster, have your buddy become the sheriff. Have you know what I mean? And just like stand up to tyranny on the small scale. And they're going to try to stomp us out. But if we're quiet, and we do this on a small scale and we do this with no one looking and we just, and we just, you know, you know what I'm saying? I do know what I you're think saying. That, I uh, think that fucking Dave is putting a big target on himself. I agree with that. I think he is putting a target on himself. Uh, the only thing, uh, you know, I think that the idea that they're going to leave you alone because it's small scale is maybe well, a little optimistic. You do it, you do it without anyone noticing, hopefully. <laughs> I just don't. For I mean, a while. Yeah, okay. For a while, you might be able <laughs> for to. For a while. I feel like yeah. eventually it's going to be like a Waco situation, you know? Yes. Yeah. Okay. But what if you had a million Wacos? Oh, That's I what mean, I'm saying. Like, you're not – they're not going to stomp them all out. There's going to be a few that they really fucking rub. I mean, and that's what Waco was about. That's what Waco was about. That was what Ruby Ridge was about. That was like they they smashed this motherfucker trying to discourage other people from trying it again. But if we all just said, fuck you, there's more of us than them. I, I don't know. You know, this is pie in the sky too. But this is what I, this is what I'd like to see. I, I think it sounds like a, a realistic. I, I I'm with you that I think it sounds more realistic than change through political means. I've always been a big believer that uh, I just don't think it's going to happen through the, the normal political means, like the the national running somebody for president. You know, it's just it's not going to change that much. It never does. Tony, yeah. what are your thoughts? Am I nuts? Well, no, I think that, like, I, I think I have a lower standard for victory, really, but I also think that no matter what we do, like, you're going to be watched. Like, we're, we're being watched right now. The surveillance technology is only getting better. So the idea, like, people can just kind of go off and do their own thing. We're I definitely being watched right now. Yeah, so I think that <laughs> we have to figure out ways to engage people, talk to them on their level, wherever they happen to be, and there's different levels to this. I mean, it takes a while when people, I mean, get red-pilled, if you want to use that language, before they really understand what's going on. It takes them a while to try to figure that out. So, I think at this point, man, anyone that is willing to stand up against this and anyone that is willing to say, I don't think vaccines should be mandated, you are my ally. Yeah, I mean, I'm that's that's where I'm at. Like that has fallen so short. I used to be such a fucking no true Scotsman son of a bitch, and I'm like, if you're if you're against fucking vaccine mandates, you're on my team. 
Yeah, I, I'm a, I'm with you. I don't need to agree with you on everything. Uh, I don't need to be around you that often, really. So uh, as long as you're uh, good on that issue, then I, I'm with you. I think uh, we can be we can be teammates. Yeah. Tony, what do you think about that? <laughs> yeah, I think that we need to just find our own little pockets where we fit in and just find ways to have basic trade. I don't think we need to create and we don't all have to be in the same society. Like, like you can walk down the street and see like a dive bar right next to a CrossFit studio and inside those buildings, they do different things. And we all understand that. Like you, one, you can drink whiskey in and hang out and do nothing. And one, you can't do that. One, you have to, and you can't jump on the rafters and do pull-ups on that one though. So it's like, I just feel like, we have to figure out like where we want to be, what the rules are for like certain communities or areas. Yeah, I mean, just, I'm like, definitely going to the dive bar. Whatever, <laughs> like you know what I mean. Or you could do like it. Just it doesn't like wherever you want to hang out and be comfortable. You're not the people at the CrossFit studio aren't trying to get the people at the dive bar or vice versa. Like you know, they're just doing their own thing. See, I, this also comes down to, Tony, we've had this conversation before. It's like, uh, this is really where I come down to the bottom unity thing. It's like, my best buddy is a fucking Ancom. Um, and he probably, dude, unfortunately, I bet that son of a bitch is vaccinated. And I bet he's actually pro-mandate. I haven't had that conversation with him. Unfortunately, like he calls himself an ANCOM, which would kind of put him in the lower left corner. Yeah. But like he reads too much Lenin and takes it too seriously. And he likes Mao too much. So I think he's probably Ooh. a tanky, yeah. <laughs> which is unfortunate. He tells me how fucking great Mao is. And I'm like, ah, are you sure about that? Um, yeah, that's pretty rough. It's pretty rough. So I, I he might actually be in the that upper left corner. But essentially, man, like the way I see it is like and Tony, you and I have had these conversations before too. It's like, we don't have to fucking agree. We can just agree on a few different things. It's like I, where I see anarchy best in our lifetimes right now is something like, and this is like as close as we could get. Look at the fucking Amish yeah. right now. The Amish have their own fucking laws. They have their own fucking systems. They they do their own fucking thing. They and they they'll basically tell someone else to go fuck themselves. Like if they try to, you know what I'm saying? And they just do their own thing, and they're very peaceful and quiet, and do their own fucking thing. And you and I don't know if they get a pass because they've been doing that forever. But like, I also see something like you know who else the state hates. It's like, dude, look at the Orthodox Jews. Oh yeah. Look at the Hasid, the Hasids in like New York. Yep. Dude, I was I was watching a fucking documentary about them. Do you know they have their own police? Yeah, I've you know heard they have before. Dude, they have their own like like their Hoppa's wet dream. They have their own little covenant communities, dude. And like, if you do something that fucks with them, they they don't physically remove you, but they they tell you like you're dead to us. Like yeah. every single person you ever fucking knew. And to me, that is the, like, if we want to have laws, right, we want to have rule and order. There's, there's only two ways to really enforce a law, right? And one is through government. Like you're going to have to do it through force. You're going to have to do it at the point of a gun or the other way we're going to have to do it is through like, uh, basically expelling someone from the community excommunication. 
Yeah, I think right. um, that is the old school way that Stefan Molyneux used to kind of talk about, uh, like a voluntary society. Is it just like shunning? Yeah. I think that can get dangerous too, though. Because that's essentially where we're at with that. Like, we're not being, force isn't used against us right now. It is just a kind of shunning. So I think, like, and this well, is up to every community to decide on themselves, but I think that you have to have mechanisms for people to defend themselves. To well, like... The only problem, Tony, that I see with this is I actually agree with them. They want to live in a community without us. And the problem is we just haven't built our community yet. And no, that's no, where that's we're fine. at now. That's like, fine. I, I'm just I don't like... want to be around a bunch of fucking woke poke faggots either. I don't want to be around you. I don't want you to shed on me. I don't want you near me. I don't want your fucking, those protein fucking, those protein, those spike proteins. Like yeah. if they cut themselves, stay the fuck away from me. Sure. You know what I mean? I Get away from me. I don't want you fucking near me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm right there with you. Like, I mean, I'm right there with them. They're like, Fuck the unvaccinated. I don't want them in, in society. And I'm like, that's great. I don't want to be part of your society. Yeah, absolutely. We just, uh, on my podcast, we just recently had a guy who describes himself as a white nationalist on. Uh, just, he, he, he got in my DMs. He was like, hey, have me on your podcast. And I was like, okay, man. Uh, so we had that guy. Have me on. What's that? Yeah, <laughs> he yeah. demanded it. Yeah, well, he, he came on and he challenged me to a debate about capitalism. And I was like, that sounds like the most boring thing that I've ever heard. So why don't you just come on and we'll, you, you just like talk shit. We'll like try to pick your ideas apart, that kind of a thing. Uh, so basically what it was is I thought that if we, I thought that if we got this guy in there and we started like asking him questions, it would become apparent that, um, that race was not the basis of his complaints, but I was wrong about that. It really, it really boiled down to race on pretty much everything for him. So. Um, but you know, the, the reason I brought that up is like, even like a white, white nationalist kind of community, it's like, yeah, if you want to do that, like I, yeah, you should be able to do that. I don't, I don't really have a problem with it. I think it's, it's pretty gay to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, go for it, man. Well, see, that's the whole intellectual consistency thing. And I agree a hundred percent. Like I obviously couldn't ever be a part of it because I'm a fucking beaner. Uh, and I, and I don't really want to be just around white people. Like sure. I like, you know, I like everybody. So, but absolutely dude. Like I honestly, I never got what the fucking, the, the libtardy fucking SJW fucking faggots like ha- were upset about. I was like, what do you want? All these racist white people are saying they're going to pack their shit up and go live over here. Yeah. Like they're all going have fun. Like, isn't your life fucking better? All the racists are gone. Yeah. Like, let them fucking do their thing over here. Yeah. Let them, like, give them a little chunk of, like, I don't know, Nebraska? So this, just, dude, this dude let him... on had his own little scenario for it. He said, you give the white people South Dakota and you give the black people or whatever, you know, he said black people. That's, that's who I guess he was concentrating on at the moment. Um, to South Carolina and everyone else who is fine intermixing just stays where they are. I mean, you can give the Mexicans California; they basically have it already. Exactly. It's a, and yeah. then just <laughs> yeah, I'm fine, man. I'm totally fine with that. And I don't know. I mean, 
again, I think it's stupid, but here's the whole thing is like, ultimately, what do we think anarchy is going to look like? It's going to be a confederation. It's going to be a whole different, it's going to be balkanized. You know what I mean? It's going to be a bunch of different people that want to live in different ways. And there's going to be the racist guys. I mean, why is it that every single person that I see advocating for a white ethno state is like the least Aryan person I've ever seen? Yeah. <laughs> They're just like the most pathetic example of the white race. And I'm like, you're it? This yeah. is what this is what you're proud of? Like, because <laughs> like, I see some sexy white men. They're sure. not white supremacists. <laughs> yeah. Y'all's just a bunch of goofballs. But, you know, that's great. If you have nothing else to be proud of, but you can be proud of the melanin in your skin, okay, or the lack thereof. Sure. Good good for you guys. Have fun. Yeah, yeah and it's a really good way to reality test things, too, and be like, does this actually work? Because I bet sure. you a lot of people, I like, it, like they're going to have some real troubles with those societies, just intrinsically. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I that came to mind when I was talking to him is that you can never really, especially with uh, the idea of like a white ethno state or any kind of ethno state, is you're never really going to be able to keep all of those ideas that are going to taint that pure state that you want. You know, uh, through osmosis, through whatever, uh, that stuff's going to make its way in. Like this guy said that he could be, you could be friends with people, people of color, uh, you know, whatever, but they just can't come in and be your neighbor. They can't live in that state. It's like, dude, if you're letting them be your friends, parts of their culture are going to make their way into your culture. That's just how it works. It's going to be awkward. Yeah. It's going to be weird, too, because, like, you're going to have to really find an odd way of teaching your kids to hate the next. You know what I mean? Because, like, if they're your friends, like, if, if Ted comes over for a beer every once in a while and Ted's a black guy and then and Ted's funny and friendly – yeah. Like you how are you going to convince your kids that Ted's a piece of shit and you hate him when he's coming over for a barbecue every once in a while? Yeah, stay away you know from I mean? Ted. That guy's great. Yeah. <laughs> also, how do you determine who's white like in that society? Like do you oh. have to give people DNA tests or I've also heard that goofy shit, dude, because they're like, okay, is an Armenian white? And some people say yes, some people say no. Like is an Italian white? I mean, cuz they're basically I, you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck's a white person? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, Turkish people, they're technically Europe, I guess, right? Yeah. Like, well, yeah. half something, so it's... Greasy well, Greek people? Greek people like, aren't white. Yeah, like, it really gets hard to figure... Like, this stuff works in some kind of theoretical realm, but in reality, it's like, people are just really mixed. And then, like, if you take, like, an ancestry test and then, like, something comes up weird, you have to leave... <laughs> yeah i don't know man it's it's funny i mean to me that is like the worst thing to try to tie together like a group of people because like i dude i've i've known some white supremacists like i've had an interesting journey intellectual journey and like i knew some people that went alt-right you know around 2016 2017 and I've had those conversations with people and it's like the, the alt-right is a mix, dude. There's like full on socialists the like, you know, the workers people. And then there's like, there's like ANCAPs that went fucking Nazi. And there's like, like they have nothing else in common except that their skin is pale. Yeah. Like, how the fuck do you think you're going to form a, a, like a cohesive community? 
yeah, around, we oh, we're all white, right? High five. Yeah, I would much <laughs> rather have the ideological things in common than... Uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That stuff's or, way I mean, more important. To me, that's why, like, a religious community is something better to tie something together because we have, like, we have, like, principles. We have, like... Uh, beliefs we have traditions we have you know what i mean something like that where i mean i i see something like um like muslims man they don't fucking care if you're a white guy like like some of those those muslim communities they have black people that you know the biggest fucking group of uh new islamic uh converts right now in america is mexicans oh really Mexicans are getting hardcore getting sucked into uh, Islam, which is funny because like, I mean, I think like the Muslims are doing outreach in like in the South right now, like through like Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, like, and they're sucking in, uh, they're sucking in uh, like basically wetbacks, you know what I mean? They're like bringing them in and like, dude, the food is pretty similar. They both like spicy kumani kind of food like they're both very they're all very fucking religious and patriarchal and very right wing and very fucking conservative like it's the perfect yeah they just fucking they're like okay great my wife just has to wear a hijab and i get to beat her a little bit like i was already beating her so this is great like so like it's that type of stuff that you're talking about there those like cultural similarities that make it easy for them to blend in with each other uh it's like uh I can't believe that people are having such a hard time wrapping their heads around what happened in Afghanistan. It's like those people in Afghanistan wanted the Taliban to be in charge. Like, I mean, it seems pretty obvious to me that that's the case, you know? It was like, it was either they wanted the Taliban in charge and, or they just, I I mean, okay. So the way I see it is basically this, like Afghanistan has never been a country. Yeah. It's been a balkanized group of just like, and that honestly has been their strength because they're so fucking decentralized that like this little fucking, they can literally be right next to each other. They can't speak to each other because there's so many different dialects. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they're so fucking ancient. Like these people have literally just been like fucking little boys and goats and like, and been in little dirt huts for like literally for thousands of years and haven't changed anything. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And and whatever it is, that's just the way they want to fucking live. And they're so fucking secluded and the terrain is so fucking terrible. And like the weather is so shitty, like during the winter and stuff. Anyways, that like we went over there and like there's a shit ton of amazing natural resources over there. So America, like being America, wants to go over there and rob the fuck out of them because that's what we do. That's our like crony capitalist piece of shit class that like goes over there, robs the fuck out of them, takes all of their natural resources. And we don't want China or Russia to go in there and take it. So we've been trying to occupy it slash, but we also didn't want to get our hands dirty in a weird way. So we've been trying for the last 20 years to, to build a fucking government out of like goat, like goat herders. Right. And you can talk to so many fucking veterans. They'll tell you that like, these people don't want to fucking be soldiers or a government. Yeah. They just want to go fuck off. Like you have to point a gun at them and make them stand there or else like if you turn your back, they run away. Yeah. They'll throw the gun on the ground and run away. They don't want they don't want anything to do with this, dude. They're like Have you seen that video uh there 
like teaching them to do, you know, jumping jacks and calisthenic type things. And it's just a shit show, man. Like they can't do jumping jacks. And it's like, they're, they're not so stupid that they can't do jumping jacks. They clearly do not want to be doing this. They're like, half, exactly. You know? It's like you can force someone to sit down. Like I've always heard that, that story where like you're you like, it's a kid like being forced to sit down, but they're saying like, I'm standing in my head. You know what I mean? And and that's, that's what it is. Like you can't break someone's spirit that doesn't want to be there. So like they're just doing the bare minimum to not get beat. You know what I mean? And so like, to me, it's just like, as soon as like, and we wanted to have a centralized government over there so that we could fucking control it so that we could just like keep raping them like financially and just keep taking their natural resources. And as soon as we fucking left, like to me, it was the worst fucking case scenario possible because like if, okay, I'm always getting like my uh, information from Afghanistan from more like right wingy, neocony kind of like fucking sites. So I don't know how much of this is bullshit. Like the more and more I hear about it, they're talking about like, like 12 year old girls. Like you have to put a ribbon on the door to let, to let people know that you have a daughter that's 12 year 12 okay. years or older. You know what I mean? And if you don't put the ribbon on the door, they'll just come in and they find your daughter and she's old enough. They'll take her and kill the whole family. Like you're supposed to let them take your 12 year old and they're going to marry her off to somebody or something. You know what I mean? Like all of those like horrifying stories to me kind of sounds like them. It kind of reminds me of uh, the first uh, Iraq war and throwing babies out of incubators. Oh, absolutely. you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, So I don't know how much of it is just like bullshit, but essentially what I, what I'm getting from this is like, it really was the worst case scenario as far as like we fucking like, gave these people fucking weapons. We built them a fucking army. We built them a fucking government, but we never really wanted them to be independent in the first place. Like, so to me, like uh, what I basically, what I fucking see is that we did this on purpose. We did this on purpose for this to fail. Like Joe Biden pulled out uh, like without checking any fucking T's or dotting any fucking I's so that we would like, basically ensure the most amount of human suffering and make any anti-war advocate look like a stupid fucking asshole, right? Like this almost guaranteed that we're going to have to go back in. Now there's been a terrorist attack. Now we have to worry about ISIS K. You know what I mean? It's just like, and now anyone that wants to pull out of any engagement of any fucking war is going to look like the idiot and all the war hawks are going to look like the same ones. You know what I mean? That That's really where, like, that's a conspiratorial side of me, that this was done purposefully to, like, it, this is set back the anti-war movement decades. Well, I think there's a lot of people who have a vested interest in setting back that movement decades. So I don't know whether it was Biden orchestrating it to be as well, terrible as it was. Biden's or dead, just, dude. Biden's not there. Like, well, Biden's well, just true. doing what someone tells him. I don't well, know who's well, telling him, but... Well, whoever, like, yeah, like, whoever's, like, in, like... It, it could just be a lot of low-level people who are just getting fat off of this. Yeah, I mean, one hundred percent, dude. This is military-industrial complex. This is Raytheon. This is Boeing. This is like I, people yeah, pushing I don't think in. That we were ever like. I think that we were over there for resources, but I don't think that we were ever. I don't think we ever were trying to like take over the culture. I think it was more just about like it was a practice for our military, right? Like you have a military, you want them to get some practice in. So well. You set, 
a war in some area where, like, they're not really going to be a threat. You're out of public eyes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess what I, what I meant by that when I was saying is, like, we want to occupy the country without occupying the country, right? We don't want to get our hands dirty. It would take too many people. It would take too many resources to have that many boots on the ground to, like, be actually in charge of the country ourselves. So we had been trying for the last 20 years to build a government that would do it, and they just don't want to do it. Because yeah. as soon as we left... They all just reverted back to their tribes. And the only people that were organized, the only people that were like, that were strong men were basically the Taliban. And they just took it, man. And and I get it. And and honestly, man, this made me feel like a bad person, but it was the first thought that came to my head. And Pete Quinones beat me to it on the tweets. But like, um, I was thinking, should I feel, because somebody who said something about how all the um, Afghanis that uh, were our allies were getting killed, right? And I was like, should I feel bad for people that like turned on their own people and like and were working with the foreign occupiers? Like, yeah, like yeah. I'm like, maybe Carpet they should bad. die. Like, well, they might, they might not be their own people, you know, just because you're close to someone geographically. Like, you might still hate that asshole. So, yeah, it's true, happens. dude. But like, I'm not like. I'm not going to feel bad for you if you're like, you know what I mean? Like if China started taking over America. Yeah. And I, and I, you know I, what I mean? You sold out your neighbor. I'm not going to have a whole lot of respect for you. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's going to happen for sure. And that's going to. It's going to be about Becky. That's like telling on her fucking on the, you know, like on the gym next door that's staying open. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm like, if somebody bashes Becky's head in, like, I don't necessarily think it's a good thing, but I don't feel that bad. I'm like, you know what, Becky, you had it coming. You're a fucking cunt. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to, hard to disagree with that. For me anyways, I don't know. Maybe other people can disagree with it. <laughs> so when you I say- think Tony is a better person, so. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, just like the reality of this is it like, it's really ugly. Like we can sit here and talk about this. But when you're seeing, like, the bodies and stuff, I feel like it changes things for sure. But I guess, like, dude, to me, Dave Smith said the perfect thing. It's, like, how he was, like, on some fucking news reel with all these people. And they are saying, did you see all those bodies? Did you see those people that were dropping out of planes? Did you see the babies that were getting chucked over the fence to the soldiers? And you're like, yeah. And then he's like, yeah, we did all see that. Everyone saw oh, that. Yeah. He goes, why the fuck did everyone see that this time? We haven't been watching, like, the crying mothers when their child got fucking drone bombed. We didn't see, like, you know what I mean? We hadn't been watching all the atrocities that had been happening. There's a reason why, like, the fucking neoliberal fucking corporate press is playing this now. You know what I mean? And there's a reason why we're seeing all the images all of a sudden. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Our media is very upset that we stopped a war, and it's, it's such a good business model. Yeah, Dave really knocked a, knocked that one out of the park. Fucking a man. <laughs> what were you saying, Kyle? You were saying something before I interrupted. I talk a lot. You can tell me to shut up. Uh, no, I don't. I don't particularly remember what I was saying. I got got sidetracked. Um, but uh, to, to go back to what we were initially talking about, the way we got onto Afghanistan was the uh, the Mexicans converting to Islam. 
Um, mm-hmm. One thing that I did want to ask you about is I noticed in your uh, your Twitter bio, and you just said it here on the podcast, that you are uh, like an anarcho-Christian kind of a guy. Yep. Um, so, I mean, what what does that entail for you? I noticed you have that bad Roman thing up there, but like – um, like what kind of a Christian are you? I know, you know, there's a, a ton of different, um, brands. What, what kind of Christian? What flavor am I? Yeah, exactly. I, I just don't like, I mean, cause I'm not a Christian. I was raised Christian. Um, but I, you know, and I went through a, a, a period where I was like the typical angry atheist. I thought it was all fucking stupid. Um, but I, that is not where I Same, am buddy. anymore. Yeah. That's Same. definitely not where I am anymore. I wouldn't call myself a Christian, but I'm definitely like open to those ideas. So uh, that's just something I wanted to kind of pick your brain about. Well, frankly, man, I'll, I'll tell you that I was raised very neocony. I'm probably very similar to you, very like Christian Zionist, very uh, like right wing, uh, anti drugs, anti gay, anti. You know what I mean? Everything you can fucking imagine. Like my. Okay, I'll give you, I uh, probably told this on the podcast before, my mother fucking looked me in the eyes and told me, if you were gay, I would slit my throat in front of you. Ow. <laughs> and, like, to me, I can laugh about it because I don't suck dick, sure. but, like, if I happen to be gay, that would be one of those traumatic things I'd be telling my counselor right now, you know? <laughs> sure, sure. You know, so that that's, like, the upbringing that I grew up in, okay? Um... But at the same time, some of those, uh, some of my pastors were fucking great. And I had early on felt, I'd felt the Lord. I'd felt Jesus in my heart. I'd felt like, I'd felt a connection with God. And then later on, I went hard, hard fucking atheist. I went hard fucking lefty. I was like a progressive socialist asshole, your typical dickhead. And that was around uh, probably like 2014 that I was really like, like militantly atheist. And I was a Bernie bro douchebag around 2015. And that's about the time that I heard Dave Smith and he had kind of woke me up a little bit. Like I was going to college, I was taking some classes and I was just listening to the left and watching them degrade I guess. And I was watching them eat each other. And I was watching that none of them were like philosophically consistent. And like, for me, the reason why I had been like a progressive leftist was that like, I was anti-war. I did love gay people. I did like, I did want to see fucking drugs legalized. I did want to see like the prison. Like I I didn't, I didn't want to see mass incarceration. I didn't, you know, all those different things. And so I thought that made me a leftist. Um, And then I just got, I listened to fucking Dave Smith, actually, when he was on Ari Shafir's podcast. He does this the thing State called the State of the Union. Of the, yeah, yeah, the State of the Union. And because I, I, I've been a big fan of uh, Legion of Skanks for years. And okay. so then I listened to him on Ari, the, the State of the Union, and that red pilled me as fuck. And I was like, wow, like I can actually, I can still believe the things that I want to believe, but like I'm actually being philosophically consistent. And so like to me, it was actually like I saw the left and I saw um, militant atheism uh, get ugly and I watched people attack themselves and I watched people attack each other. And I watched like I saw society decaying and getting disgusting. And it was actually like culture that brought me back to church. Okay. So like um, like uh, 
my mom kept inviting me to go to church. My mom kept inviting me to go to church. And so like, she was going to an actually a decent church at this point. Like not is like neocon fucking kind of lame bullshit. Right. So I visited this church and I was waiting for the pastor to offend me. Basically I was waiting for him to say some, like some fucking lame shit. And it turns out actually that pastor was a libertarian anarchist. Oh, um, and me and him had this long philosophical conversation about like libertarian values and about freedom and about like being anti-war and about like all these different things. And he loved Jesus. And I was like, and I was like, I was still skeptical, but it, it got me in the door and started getting me back in. And then I felt Jesus again, man. I felt him in my life again. Like I did when I was a child, I felt that connection to the divine to like the, to the creator and um, so it brought me back to Christ. And for me, it's been the best thing that ever happened to me. Like I, you know, I had a child early, like I was a bad teenager. I did all the sex. I did all the drugs and I wanted to be a better person. So like I became like a better father. I met a beautiful woman uh, who is now my wife. Um, I just changed my life and I devoted myself back to Christ. So like to me, um, as far as like, uh, being a Christian, I try to be Christ-like. So I try to use him as my example. I try to be, I try to be kind. I try to forgive. That's the biggest thing for me is like, I try not to hold a grudge against people. And, and that seems like a crazy thing and that's hard to do. But like, if somebody really offends me, if, like if somebody says something really hurtful to me, I will try to like go through that in my heart and I will try to give it to the Lord. And I try to forgive someone and try to become like, it's made me a better person, a kinder person. So for me, Christianity is like, it's an, and this anarchism, it's a no King, but Christ. So I don't recognize any rulers. I don't recognize any governments. I don't recognize any like land. Like I happen to be in America, but I feel like that I'm an ambassador for Christ in a foreign land. You know what I mean? So I don't fucking, I don't pledge of allegiance. I don't, you know, I don't consider myself an American. I am, but I'm not, you know what I mean? And sure. Um, so that, that's my flavor of Christianity is that I'm a Christ follower. Um, and it, to me, it's the best thing. And, you know, and different people can find their, their version of that and they can find their connection to the, to the divine. Like I actually find it pretty interesting too. Is like Dave Smith has like, he's not a Christian, but like he has like kind of recognized that he thinks that there is a creator. Like he is now, he's not an atheist anymore. And like, I think that once you, once you have a, once you have a kid, man, and you start seeing how like everything is connected, it's really hard to say that this is all fucking random that yeah. we're all just monkeys on a fucking rock flying through space. Like, yeah, yeah. So for me, I, for me, it wasn't having a kid. For me, it was like uh, DMT and mushrooms mostly. Mm-hmm. That'll work. I did. I have not done DMT, but Jesus Christ, if I'd done my weight in mushrooms, <laughs> I spent like fucking years just taking heroic doses every fucking day. And it was like life changing and fantastic for me. Actually, I've, I've been talking my son's a teenager now. And so we have those conversations and I was telling him that like, even when I was an atheist, I was a bad atheist because like, I still would feel Christ in my life. And like, 
I would like go through downtown Portland after I had taken like two eighths of fucking shrooms. It was like three in the morning and I would just start talking to homeless people. I'd sit down with them. I'd, I'd like, I'd like ask them their story and then I'd pray with them. And like, we just hang out and we just like chill until like morning. And then I'd say, all right, see you later. Give them 10 bucks or something and bail. Like to me. Yeah. Like psychedelic mushrooms definitely, definitely have a, 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 there's a little spark of divinity in them, dude. They, they're, they, they get you there. Yeah, that's been my experience. I mean, I I can't say, like, when you say that you feel Christ in your life, I can't say that I know what you mean by that. Um, even as somebody who was raised as a Christian, uh, you know, I have maybe some some idea of what you mean, some, some feelings that I had when I was, you know, back in it deep when I was, you know, I, I mean, I stopped being a Christian when I was like, you know, 13, 14. Um, and, uh, so it, it's hard for me to understand what you mean. And my only real connection to that would be through like DMT and mushrooms, those type of things. So, uh, I, I think I understand what you're saying. Um, now when you say that, when you say that you're a Christ follower and that's the way that, uh, you know, being a Christian manifests itself in your life, uh, emulating Christ, that is definitely the you know, the brand of Christianity that I think makes the most sense. I just think I get kind of tied up in things like, you know, literal translations and what, you know, what is true and what is not true. Um, But, you know, that is stuff that I got wrapped up in when I was in my, you know, kind of like atheist phase, you know, that kind of angry atheist. I need everything to be proven uh, you know, on solid rock or I'm not going to believe it. Uh, well, see, that was a big thing for me too, is like, that's what got me atheist in the first place. It was like, I can't put God on a scale. Yeah. You know, I can't weigh measure. I can't prove, I can't tell you he's here, but I do feel him in my life. So like, I, I would just say the next time that you are, you're laying in bed, you're by yourself, just talk to him for a minute. You can talk to him in your head. You don't even have to do it out loud if you're afraid people think you're crazy. <laughs> and um, just say, Jesus, talk to me in my dreams. Tell me what you want me to see. Like, I literally have, like, I, what I would call, like, people call me nuts, but I have prophetic dreams. I have dreams that would, like, I feel like the a connection of the divine is telling me and, like, leading me in certain ways, like, like you can talk to God, man. I think that the creator of the universe is there and that's my own personal belief. And I can feel him in my life. And I, I like, and you can call all these different things like coincidences, but like they, they're too fucking perfect, man. And they fucking, they work too well in my life for me. Like for me to call them anything else than blessings from God. Like, so like exactly what I need when I need it, it's there. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't live in excess. I'm not a rich man, but the things that I need, I am fucking provided for, you know, and it just, it works well. And, and, you know, whatever, <laughs> but sure. I would just say, talk to him, man. He's there. You He's know, there. Funny. He's waiting for you, dude. Arms open. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I have a, a friend of mine who is not anarchist or libertarian really at all. I would say he's, 
you know, kind of a centrist, maybe leaning a little bit to the right. Um, but he, he tells me he's Catholic and he's pretty serious about that. And he tells me the same thing. He's like, just talk, you know, just open up, talk. Um, and, uh, you know, I guess that is something that I would like consciously need to, to give a shot because these are things that I'm interested in, you know, as somebody who wants to have kids and something that we've been talking about, uh, through this podcast is like community. And I feel like that is one of the best places to get that sort of thing is a, a, a religious community. Dude, my church is fucking amazing. Like, uh, my church right now, like, um, I go to actually, it's a Russian, like Slavic messianic church. So like a lot of these guys are wearing like kippas, like they're wearing the, what do you call that? Like the, Tony, help me. What do you call it? Uh, you call, I, the little hat, the little Jewish hats. Oh, the yarmulke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's lots of guys in yarmulkes. They got the, they've got the prayer shawls. They've got the long strings hanging out. You know, uh, these guys blow shofars. Like it's it's a really cool, interesting church that I kind of found and kind of fell into. And like during the height of COVID, they were the only ones that we had found that were like they weren't they weren't socially distancing. They weren't wearing masks. They weren't. They were just like shaking each other's hands and hugging. You know what I mean? Which I found extremely interesting and awesome. Yeah. Um, and. Like recently, like they just had, uh, they they decided to just have like a nice big, uh, like because my wife is about to give birth in what six weeks, something really soon, dude. Right. Like she's ready to pop. They had uh, a, like a what the hell do you call that, baby? What do you call it? The party? What do they have? Yeah, they decided to have a baby shower, like a co-ed baby shower. So there's women and men there, and so they just they all sat us down. We all went to their, to like one of their houses. Everyone made uh, like an awesome fucking meal. So there was like the hugest spread of food. Everyone sat there and prayed for us and like, and gave us well wishes and then brought us gifts. And then they like passed around a fucking offering plate and handed us a few hundred bucks. You know what I mean? Like, like to me, that is the most amazing community that i could even ask for like i wasn't expecting any of that shit yeah you know what i mean and that's just what that's what they do they they love each other they take care of each other they are a small tight-knit community and it's the most beautiful thing that i've ever found like these people are just absolutely amazing now they're probably pretty zionist and if i told them what i thought about the state of israel they'd probably kick me out but you know, I keep that to myself and <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> fucking terrorist organization. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, the, the Christian Zionist thing, I, I don't know if there, what branches of Christianity there are that aren't as deep into that, but you know, they do all seem to be, you know, really into the, the Christian Zionist thing. Which so, is, uh, I mean, what I would look for is like my own flavor of Christian that I, I've been in for like the last 10 years, besides this church, this church is different, which I think they're probably all super Zionist because they're a fucking messianic church. It means they're all Jews, but um, look for uh, a vineyard church. That's what they're called. Okay. So I would Google it up like wherever you're at something vineyard church and go check it out for the most part. 
He's in Ohio. Is there a good one out there, dear? Isn't didn't Adam pastor there for a while? Oh, that's right. Yeah, my actually uh, our uh, our pastor that was a libertarian anarchist. He's from Ohio. Oh, okay. and he there is a there is a big one out there. So I can try to find out what it is. But yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, you should de- you should definitely check it out, man. Like, um, those are the most normie, cool fucking people. And I've met three pastors in this in this. Uh, they don't like to call themselves like a, no. uh, a denomination, but they sort of are. Uh, three pastors that I've met are were libertarians. Okay. Which I think is fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, that's crazy. I've never met a single pastor that I would describe as a libertarian, so that's interesting. Uh, and as far as the, the Christian Zionism thing, I, I mean, I could see myself going to a church that, that was like Christian Zionist. That's, you know... It, just don't think you're really going to escape it that well. And I also don't think that I should make a big deal of it being that my name on here is Kike. That's not good. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now too. It's like how much of my identity goes into being anti-Zionist. Like sure. I, obvi- I obviously think that the state of Israel is a fucking terrorist state. And I think that they're an apartheid state. And I think that they treat the fucking Palestinians like shit. Like, and I think it's a very sad tragedy and I think they fucking stole that land. And I think it's like modern day imperialism. And we're watching, we're watching what happened to the native Americans happened, like in front of us in the meantime. And, uh, what are you going to do about it? Right. Yeah. Yep. And unfortunately there's this group like that call themselves like the Christian Zionists or they don't even call themselves that, but they just are that think, unfortunately, like, man, they're like, I, me and Tony have talked about this. They're they're almost like the biggest collapsitarians. Like I I think it's funny. They want to see the end of the world come, so they're they're like yeah, egging yeah, it on. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, funny. let's bring Jesus back. <laughs> so let's like just, just like it's funny, dude, uh, and it's awful at the same time. Like they just cause what they terrible want terrible things to happen in the world. They want them to like what rebuild the temple again. We need yeah. To they want them to the rebuild the temple because then the rest of the world will turn on Israel and attack it all at once and start the, and start the, uh, what's that horrible final war dear? What do they call that? Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Uh, what's the awful, terrible last final war? What do they call that? Armageddon. Armageddon, right? Yeah. So they want to, they want, they're, they're trying to push it. They're trying to make it happen themselves. Where in the Bible, it fucking clearly says, Jesus says like, I don't know the time even only God, the father knows. Yeah, you know, and it's there's all these like right wing douchebags that want that want to like force God's hand. They're like, maybe we can make it happen ourselves. Um, so I just see them as like the worst kind of collapsitarians possible. They're trying to end the world. Um, but at the same time, like, what am I? What am I at church for? Like, it, like, so I've met like some of the nicest fucking people I know are right-wing Christian, neocon, Zionist, like, those are my good fucking friends. Yeah. I love them. And they invite me into their home. They make me a fucking meal. They spend time with me. Like, I don't care if they have some wacky fucking beliefs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm pretty much forced to get along with people who disagree with me on pretty much everything all the time anyway, so. <laughs> I mean, we all are. We? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, so, I mean, so I got like a question from that though. So I've been thinking about this. 
and coming from like a non-Christian place with it, I feel like the state's always like demonized. Like it's basically made into a demon. And I think that's like, I mean, I'm changing topics a little bit, but I think there's some truth to that, that there is like a demonic force to the state. But I also feel like Christian, like people from a Christian perspective, I've noticed just, and I feel like they give that way too much power. And I'm just like, if I don't know whether or not like I'm thinking about this in a weird way, but to me, I'm like, the state is just the thing that tricks people. It basically says, like, oh, you want to do this, whatever that is, we'll do that, but just give us your power, and it'll always just siphon your power, and it'll never give you the thing you want. Well, and I think once you see that connection, like, you don't, like, you don't get tricked anymore. And I think that that's all it is, and it's not like, like, it's, like, it's less scary than I think that people make it out to be. I, I, I slightly disagree with it. I think that okay. it is as scary as we make it out to be in the way that like, I see it as like, this is a kingdom of man and man is inherently flawed. Man is in, inherently evil. Man, man is inherently like manipulated and sick and twisted and defiled. And so when you let man be the ultimate authority, that's where you see like the worst things. And so like, you can actually see what the state is doing. They're trying to be God. They're trying to take God out of the situation. Like, I think that was the biggest thing for me that like, I saw the state becoming God for people. Like I saw the most, like the most atheist people worshiping the state and like, and defending anything that the state did. And the only kind of news you could, that you should listen to is state sanctioned. The only sources you should listen to are state. Like it, to me, it's it's the most dangerous thing in the world. That superstition, that that thought, that Babylon, basically, yeah. that the state is in charge and that they are all knowing, that they are God, that there is no there is no divinity, there is no other God besides us. Like I see that as the most dangerous, most and and I see what you're saying that if like you see it for what it is. You can, you can, uh, you are kind of safe from it, but the problem is the the brainwashed masses, and that's why I still think it is the most dangerous, scary thing because there's so many people under its fucking spell. Well, yeah, yeah, you could definitely be used as a sacrifice by possessed people, and I do think you're right. Like the state will ultimately try to become a god. Like that's just that's just what it's going to do. It's just like water going downhill. I mean, I look did. at the way they they like uh, they put Fauci on this. Like, you can't question him. He is yeah. science. You know, that's what he fucking said. They're like, you can't question me. I am science. I guess to me, I fear more like people who haven't figured that out rather than the state. It's, like, to me, the state is just like this little glitch that what's like like I don't th- I don't have a bad view of humanity. I don't think that people are inherently bad. I think that we have like temperament and I think that we have um, we can put ourselves in different situations. I'll make us like you know, good or bad. Um, I don't want to necessarily even use that language but um, like if you can make yourself healthier and put yourself in a healthy spot. You can put yourself in a place where you're really fucked up. So I think that we've all had experiences where we've had like areas where we're more fucked up, we've been in better spots, like, we know that we have parameters. So it's just about, like, putting people in a better spot. And I think that that's, like, I guess that's the way I see it. 
rather than the state itself has like this intrinsic power because I think that I think once you reach a certain level of development, it does kind of lose power. It doesn't mean the people who are possessed by it aren't scary. Well, see, they are. to me, I, what I think that the state is a lie. I don't think the state is anything. I think that it is like, it's like a tulpa. You know what I mean? It only exists because we believe it exists. You know, it only believes, it only exists because people obey it. Like, that's very much the Etienne de la Boite, like his whole thing is like it disappears if we turn around and walk away is you know only as we um allow it to exist it exists and so it is it is a scary fucking thing because we are allowing it to exist yeah i agree with that what are your thoughts kyle um i I just don't i'm not really sure how you know, the connection between the state and like the spiritual forces, uh, you know, like I don't, I, I mean, you know, I, I think, uh, I, I guess I can see some, you know, like a, a metaphorical, a metaphorical connection between the two. But, uh, as far as like anything really like tangible, I don't, um, you know, I, I just don't know what to think about that. Well, it depends whether or not you think we are in a giant spiritual battle. Like frankly, like whether you believe it exists or not, it seems like the elite do like the, why is it that the elite all get together and like spank each other and dance around a fucking tree and like, and like, and uh, sit there and like wearing weird shawls in front of this, like depiction of an owl. And they all like fake sacrifice a baby to it. Like, to me, there there's something intrinsically. They they do feel a connection to the divine. They are just taking the dark path. They're taking the left hand path, and um, it's it's just it's interesting to me because like I think like it's as nuts as like Alex Jones is. I think that there are interdimensional shape shifting. Like to me, that is like the interdimensional beings. To me, those are the demons. Like to me, the aliens. Those are the demons. Like to me, like. All of those things, like, I very much believe that that is a possibility. Now, yeah. see, that's the truther coming out in me. See, I'm half truther or half anarchist, so you can tell me I'm crazy at any point or you disagree with me, but <laughs> that's where I see things. Um, you know, most of the time when I hear things like that, I kind of interpret it, interpret it in more of a metaphorical way than, like, a literal way. Um, but... That being said, like I, you know, like I said earlier with the DMT and the mushrooms, I don't know what the, the the end of the possibilities are for what is really going on. And I do have a hard time like hearing what you said and hearing the type of things that Alex Jones say says and, you know, being like Nah, no, it all sounds completely stupid to me. I don't know that it does, to be honest with you. I think when you take enough DMT and you visit those other fucking realms, I mean, I, I'm i like, I just think that those realms, are, those realms are real. And I think that our perception is like, we can't, we don't feel them most of the time. And I think when you take DMT, you just like rip the veil. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't I've, know. The things that I've seen on DMT are every bit as real as the things that I'm seeing now looking around this room, you know? Uh, so yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. I know what you mean. Uh, and I think those kind of experiences to go back to like the religious type thing, they've definitely opened my mind to 
just the idea that I have no idea what's really going on. And I probably never will. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to be, I think. I mean, I just brought it up to you just as a way of thinking about it, because I think there is some, a spiritual element to this, but if you don't, that's that's fine. I'm just trying to, like... I I'm just to think it makes myself. more sense when you start to look at it in that way. When you start to, like, you start to see it as, like, an actual spiritual battle. Like, you start to... It starts to make more sense to me. Okay. Yeah, I, I definitely think that all of that is interesting. Um, uh, that's definitely the type of uh, that's the type of thing that my mom would be into. Uh, I, I listened to one of your <laughs> podcasts, and you were talking about your mom's friend used to be like yeah. like conservative, and she became, oh still is, dude. She's like, like nuts. She's like a big Q <laughs> type of a person. Hundred percent. Two hundred percent. I'm I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced that your friends mo- that your mom's friend isn't living a double life here in Ohio because that like that sounds like, <laughs> like my mom used to be a conservative. Well, I mean, she is. She still is a conservative Christian. She's just different than she used to be. She is uh, your mom. Is your mom four hundred pounds with bright red hair? Um, my mom has been four hundred pounds. Well, probably not four hundred <laughs> pounds, but you know, she you know. Uh, she's lost a bunch of weight, and she used to dye her hair bright red. So yeah, okay. I mean, the, the shoes. No still shit. Fits. Yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, she's still conservative Christian, but now she smokes pot, and she is deep down the Q train, man. Okay, <laughs> God bless her, <laughs> man. Those folks—they are interesting. Yeah, you told me that. That is that is fucking hilarious. Yeah, we got to talk about the Q folks. <laughs> I, I don't get the trust the plan stuff, man. I just don't understand how you can trust a plan where nothing ever goes the way that they say it's going to go. <laughs> well, to me, dude, that was the biggest sigh up of them all, dude. Oh. It's just like that took all the fucking gas out of the right-wingers, dude. That took all the fucking gumption, all the fucking fight out of them. Because, like, yeah, just wait. Don't worry. Don't worry. Like, I know Donald Trump is taking away bump stocks. Yeah. But this is all just a plan. Because, really, the the demonic Democrats... Yeah. Like, to me, that was, like, the whole... It was so hard partisan that, like, I just... Like, you know, I have homies. I fucking... I listen to them. And, you know, that's the whole thing about Q, is that, like there was enough meat on the bones that you're like, okay, well, that's true. Well, okay, well, that's definitely true. And so you keep listening for a minute, and then it's, you know, it's it's, it's all bullshit, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you're right that there is, like, they did get people in with that meat. And, you know, I think a big thing, uh, a big hunk of meat on those bones was the Epstein thing. 100%, dude. Hundred percent, John Podesta, Hillary Clinton, yeah, Jeffrey Epstein, all of those, like, yeah, the sex trafficking, the PizzaGate, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm still curious about the PizzaGate thing. I know I that know like, you that, cannot be. Yeah, I mean, there was just so many unanswered questions about it, and it was just all of a sudden shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? And then, it, and then there's so many unanswered things, like as far as like what the fuck happened in Las Vegas? Yeah, right. Oh, for sure. Like, tell me that, like. Dude, did you hear uh, what uh, Alex Jones said about it? No, I don't think I did. Alex Jones recently, like somebody asked him, and he was like, "All right, here's what here's what happened," and he like he dropped the hard knowledge on what actually happened in Las Vegas. Uh, he said that 
that guy that they blamed it on had absolutely nothing to do with it. He was just a scapegoat. Maybe he's a CIA agent. I'm not totally sure, but they definitely had to smoke him and pretend that he did it, right? Yeah. He said it was all uh, Saudis. He said this was all about the Saudis. He said this had something to do with us, like, pulling... Doing, I don't fucking remember exactly what it was, but it was like us sanctioning the Saudis, like us getting tougher on the Saudis, and the Saudis basically saying like, we can touch you at any time. Look what we can do. And so they organized this like giant fucking attack. He said that it was in multiple places because I guess there's enough people on the ground. There was enough witnesses that said like, it definitely people were shooting in the casino. Oh, people were definitely shooting over here. People oh, were shooting. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like. And all that shit got quashed real fast. Like, nobody fucking talks about it. Um, so, I mean, he said it was, like, a group of fucking Saudi, like, that did a terror attack, basically. And it was, like, a coordinated attack where there was, like, 16 people. And they all just started shooting and killing people at once. Because, I mean, think about this, dude. There was, like, literally hundreds of people that died. And we're supposed to believe it was one douchebag like shooting out his window. Yeah, barricading, you know, he barricaded himself into his hotel room and they just, they couldn't deal with that, you know? And, and we still haven't seen one fucking video of him with all of his weapons walking into the casino. Like, I've been to fucking Vegas. I know how the fuck you have, like, you have to go up to the elevator. You have to do the whole thing. You have to, like, go into your room. You have to go through the fucking casino. Like, he would have had to been carrying like goo gobs of bags. Yeah. Like to have that much fucking ammo, that many guns. Like it's possible, but why can't you show us anything? Yeah. That whole, I, I mean, honestly, I kind of forgot about that situation, but you know, the, uh, the firing coming from multiple, uh, multiple lo- locations. I had forgot about that. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, man, there's just so many unanswered questions about that. And so, like, Q would just, like, give people answers, but it was so cryptic. It was so weird. And it just seemed that, like, uh, that, like, there was a few people that were, like, that would, like, try to interpret him. And they then they became famous. Like, they were the Q people and, like, the Q prophets. Yeah. And they would tell you about what Q was trying to actually really tell you. And it just, it it was perfect for, like like charlatans that were just like fucking like tricking people. And it it was really sad and really fucking pathetic. And like, there were people like me that like, I've been a truther for a minute, I guess, but like I didn't get sucked into that fucking wormhole. Like it's a brilliant piece of propaganda for sure. Like it's the first of its kind. So, well, I I don't know if it's the first of its kind. I cannot remember who said this, but I remember uh, somebody saying that back in you know, the Soviet days back in Russia, uh, Lenin had, uh, you know, a general that used to be opposed to him. He kind of like co-opted him, brought him in and had him lead some kind of a fake resistance that was never going to go anywhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember reading about that. That's, yeah, like this was just like this version on the internet and just basically like people all doing their own thing. Yeah. Hey, I, unfortunately I have to go. I kind of made some secondary plants today too. So, all right. Well, I'm going to just leave this running. So we don't, so. Okay. Guess okay. Yeah. We don't have that time. issue that we had last time. Yeah. Okay. All, all right, right, buddy. Cool. Later, right, Tony. Later, later, Tony. All right. Take care. Kyle. So I find that super fascinating, Kyle. And I think that that, 
I think that you can find numerous examples in history of like, you have to have, uh, okay. So whoever your, um, whoever your resistance is, you have to co-opt them and own it. Like it's, it's easier for you if you control the opposition. Yeah, 100%. I mean, because then you're, I mean, you're guaranteed it's never going anywhere. Um, yeah, I mean, to me, it seems, you know, I was maybe, I was never on board with Q. I honestly, honestly, I didn't even really know about Q until it, like people were already deep, deep into it. Um, and, you know, I thought that maybe there was some interesting stuff in there, but I think, uh, just the idea that that there are good guys working in the government to uncover those kind of secrets, it all just seems like super silly to me. Well, dude, I actually made a meme about this, and I was like, the crazy thing about Q isn't that the elite are full of fucking pedophile psychopaths that want to kill us. I was like, the crazy part is that there was a group of white hats in the government that were coming to yeah, save you. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I saw, actually, I saw that meme on your Instagram. I saw, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's fucking true as fuck. I was like, that's the craziest part, that we are all just supposed to hold out. Don't worry. There's a piece of government. There's actually the good guys. Yeah. The good guys are fighting on our side. They're like, <laughs> like, and it's like the whole time they were like kind of hoping that there was going to be like, uh, like there was, they were waiting. Because like, if you really dig into it, Q was supposed to be like a secret military branch. It was like a group of generals inside, okay. you know, and they, and they were waiting for them to like, any time now they're going to take over government. And I was like, so what are you actually like hoping for? You're wanting like a group of like soldiers to take over the government and have a, and have a coup from the inside so that your guy can be dictator. Like this, like no matter how you fucking spin this, it sounds like tyranny and some bullshit. Yeah, well, I mean, I think a lot of these Q people are, you know, they're the types that they're okay with the tyranny as long as it's their tyranny, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you, you see that all over the political spectrum. And I think that, yeah, that ultimately is the biggest problem that we need to break people from is that it's this abdication of personal responsibility of the, I, if you can't, I mean, again, we're going to go through autistic libertarian philosophy here. Like if I can't, if I can't personally do this to you, like if I can't point a gun at you and say, I don't want you smoking that plant. So I'm going to arrest you, throw you in a cage and throw you in my basement. Then I also don't have the right to, you know, to give that right to someone else. Right. I can't just, allow someone else to do it for me and then it's okay. Right. So it is an abdication of like personal responsibility. It's also an abdication of like, of guilt. It like, it takes the guilt off of it because like, that's like, I was talking to uh, like a friend of mine and he was like, no, we really do need to force vaccinations on people. And I was like, so what does that mean? I was like, do you feel like, cause I'm telling you that I'm not going to get vaccinated. So do you feel comfortable? Like, having me held down like at gunpoint, like strapped to a chair and you personally take that needle and shove it in my arm when I'm telling you not to, are you okay with that? And he was like, no, that'd be kind of fucked up. And I was like, do you understand that's what you're saying? How'd that, how'd that hit him? I mean, well then, well, he's a cocksucker. Cause he'll be like, well, that's not what we're doing actually, because we're not going to, 
force you guys, but we're not going to, you don't have a right to work and you don't have a right. So I was like, so you want us to starve? Yeah. And, and you know, and so like, I'll just try to hit him with these pills. And then eventually he's just like, yeah, I don't want to talk about this. Yeah. Then like, you do. I'm sure you don't. You fat, you fucking piece of shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be faced with like the ugly thing that you're advocating for. You fucking hunk of shit. <laughs> yeah. That's a, uh... I don't think that a lot of them like logically think through that, that that is what is going to be happening on some level, you know? Uh, Yeah. And that's what I'm saying is the abdication of like, if you really want this, then you're going to have to do it. Okay. You want me to take this vaccine? Try to take me right now. Let's go. Yeah. You're going to fucking shove that in me. Let's go. Yeah. The the scary part I think is that uh, there are definitely a lot of people who, uh, that abdication works for them and it makes it to where they're totally fine with it. You know, you can sit there and you can explain to them logically what you just laid out there and they still do not fucking care. Yeah, that's my sister. Oh, yeah? My sister's a real fucking gun. <laughs> we can have, I'll sit there and have the most bloody arguments with her and then we'll just hug afterward because she's our family's weird. But, um... Yeah, she's just a real fucking bitch. But, like, dude, I'm telling you that I live in, like, Progressiveville over here. Like, I'm sure there's people that have it worse than me. Like, I'm sure New York is worse. But Portland's pretty fucking bad. Yeah. And you read, like, the local paper online and shit and all the keyboard warriors and all these, like, fat, gross old feminists that, like, literally can't even walk up a flight of stairs is telling you that, like, we need to force those vaccines now. And you're like, how are you going to do that, you big, fat, ugly cunt? What are you going to do? You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm going to kick the shit out of you. I'm going to kick your fucking knees in, you big, ugly bitch. You know, it, but she's advocating for some, you know, some corn-fed white boy that loves America that joined the police service, you know, and that dummy is going to have to be the one that does it, you know? And, like, it, I think that is – at what point, man, are either the right wing going to – recognize that the cops are full fucking tyranny or are, do you think that there's a chance that the cops are going to say, I mean, I, I, I kind of get white pilled when I, like, like I told you there's six sheriffs in my state that just said, fuck this. Yeah, that's great. I, I, I need to find out if that that's going on here at all. Like I can find, because they don't want you to look those things up. Like you can't find it in a positive way, but if you Google it in a negative way, sure. like piece of shit sheriffs yeah. that won't do what, you know what I mean? Then I'm like, I'm like doing my secret work. I'm like, fine. Okay. This guy's awesome. Okay. Okay. Guess you're not going to find it in like hero sheriff that stands up against tyranny. Google's not going <laughs> to fucking show you that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you just had to know how to fucking trick the algorithms, I guess. Like, because, like, I was looking for, because there were so many pieces of shit. Like, I don't know what's going on in Ohio, but in, in Portland, there are so many fucking restaurants now that are now forcing you to show your vaccine uh, passport, or you're not allowed to go inside. You can't go to the bar. Like, I, I actually had, like, my nephew was up here. Um, over the weekend and he was, he's a musician and he was playing a show with like his band from out of town and I couldn't go see him because you're not allowed to go into that bar Uh, where he was playing. Yeah. It's fucked, dude. It sucks. Um, so to me, like I saw all these like, 
Karen cunts, like pieces of shit. They were like, give me a, give me a list of all those restaurants that are doing this so I can support them. And I was like, yes. Okay. Where's that list? Yeah. Cause, exactly. I, <laughs> Cause I'm like, those are the restaurants that I'll either never ever put a fucking toe in again. Or I mean, I'm not saying that I am going to burn it to the ground, but maybe some other nut job should like, fuck every single one of those like to me i see them as the people that are uh collaborating with the occupier you know what i mean i see them for sure you know what i mean like those people that are going along with this tyranny with this fucking bullshit i'm like fuck you if you get your tires slashed i'm i'm gonna be happy yeah man go fuck yourself yeah i think uh, to some degree uh you know we need to. I mean, this is this is going to sound like a threat, and I don't. I don't mean it as a threat. We'll, we'll think of it, as a, of it as a threat in the sense of, uh, you know, earlier we were talking about shunning people. You're, you're going to be shunned eventually. These people who are doing this. If this shit ever rebounds and we ever return to some kind of like normalcy or stasis, these people who are pushing this shit need to be shunned. I mean, these, yeah. you know, these people are they're awful. I mean, I, I just don't. I don't really know what else to say. Other than I don't want them around me ever again. Ever again. I will remember your name. Yeah. I will remember your business. I will remember what you fucking said and when you said it. And while you're there fucking sick and dying from any new variant that you fucking created by putting this experiment in you, I'm going to fucking laugh. Go fuck yourself. Yep. I mean, they're they're laughing at us now. I mean, you see you see these people, uh, just like you, you remember when Tom Woods got sick with COVID, right? Oh, dude, the people that were, yeah, that were like dunking on that and were so fucking stoked. I was like, you guys are the biggest pieces of shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah you know so. Yeah, I just you're right. I just don't have any respect for these people. I, I you know. Dude, I honestly, I don't get, I mean, I tried, like, I'm in the fakeitarians group, too. Like, I'm in no, their I fucking, yeah, like, I, I try to get what the fuck they're talking about. Why do they hate Tom Woods? Because, like, in the 1990s, he was a part of the League of the South before it was racist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, when it was a history, like, it was like a fucking group where it was, like, a bunch of nerdy historians talking about the South. And then he left when it became racist and wanted nothing to do with it. Yeah. And so you can find a picture of him and there's a Confederate flag in the background. And he, yeah, good job. And he associates with Lou Rockwell, uh, you know, and just every stupid fucking thing they have to say about Lou Rockwell. Like the, I don't know, it's just all fucking pointless, but. Um, I fucking love Lou Rockwell. Yeah, how do you not love Lou Rockwell? Dude, I love every single one of those people in the Mises Caucus. Or not in the Mises Caucus. <laughs> in the fucking the Mises Institute. Yeah, yeah. A lot of crossover, but... Um, Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I guess I don't... I, I don't have as... I wouldn't say you have animosity for the Mises Caucus, but uh, I mean, I guess I, I, do, I do feel like they're kind of pissing into the wind, but... 
Yeah, I mean, you even said that that you've got love for all those people too. So you know, it, I do, man. Yeah, I and I respect them. Like I've I've had the conversations. Like uh, one of my one of uh, we even had a guest on uh, from the Mises Caucus. Um, dude, the audio quality was on was absolute goddamn garbage. So I'm gonna have to have that guy back on. He's an interesting cat. He calls himself Peter Panarchy. Um, he, so he's a fucking panarchist. He's a, he's a smart fucking dude. I've had some conversations with him and he's hardcore in the LPMC and he thinks it's the fucking way. Um, so, you know, whatever, I'm going to have him back on and I'll let him state his case again. Um, I've got a couple homies that are like uppity ups in the LPMC. I should probably have them on and, you know, I'll, I'll have those conversations. Like, I don't fucking mind. Like, like, like convince me you know what i mean like i'm open-minded i've had my fucking mind change several times yeah for sure me too i mean it i just don't see it myself (laughs) yeah i'm with you i I do i tend to like like i've said in this podcast lean towards more of an apolitical solution than anything but yeah uh, and but at the same time though we don't have to be the autistic douchebags like i think that we like um I, I, I need to fucking find it. Like I said, I just moved, and so everything's in boxes right now. Um, uh, Matt suggested that I read uh, The Machiavellians by James Burnham. Yeah. Um, and so I did buy the fucking book. I need to fucking find it, and I need to read it. Um, and I probably – I want to have him, and I probably want to have him and Sal on at the same time because uh, we had – me and Matt had a pretty interesting conversation about like agorism and like maybe potential, like I, I want to hear some solutions. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want to hear some fucking, uh, so I think having him and maybe Sal on at the same time and just have like, uh, like an agorist crazy solutions, like maybe a mega white pill episode would be fucking sweet. Like for my own personal sanity. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you, you talked earlier about that Matt Erickson uh, episode of Pete Quinones, and that one took some, some like, chewing on for me to be okay with. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that one. Yeah, it was interesting, man. It was good. Yeah, yeah. God damn, it was good. I mean, I remember I was listening to it. I was, like, like halfway through it, I was like, holy fucking shit. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. You, you, he mentioned uh, the Machiavellians on there. I, uh, you said that you're trying to read it. It's available on Audible for free. I don't know if you're an audio book guy, but uh, is it really? Yeah, yeah. It's one of the the books that's included in the the Audible thing. So uh, okay, I, I should I, probably check it out. I yeah. started listening to it too. Uh, you know, I just like I have this problem with finishing books. Like I just skip around. It takes me a million years. Yeah, no, I feel you. I've got like twelve books that I should be reading. But that one, uh, I, I, I'm just going to make myself do it. So I'm going to fucking make myself read it. Yeah. Uh, another book that he, uh, suggested on that podcast was Dominion by Tom Holland. Have you? Yeah. 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 That I wrote that one down too. Is that a good one? Have you read any of that? Yeah. I I'm like halfway through that one on audible. It's, it's definitely worth your time. I would, I would suggest it. Jesus Christ, I have so many fucking books I should Yeah, I know. Well, exactly what you need is another book recommendation. <laughs> um, yeah, well, thanks for having me on, man. I, I, I've appreciated it. I've had fun. Yeah, absolutely, brother. Yeah, we'll have you back on again anytime you want to fucking come on here and chat and bullshit. You are welcome. So, 
All right. Yeah, it was definitely, I've never done anybody's podcast except for my own, the Two Tongues podcast. Uh, I do that with my my best friend of basically like 30 years we've been friends. Um, but yeah, I've never done anyone's podcast except for my own. So I was definitely a little bit nervous. <laughs> we're pretty fucking, we're pretty easy going, man. Yeah, it was pretty we're not gonna... <laughs> So yeah, why don't you uh, give us your pluggables? Uh, you know, uh, I'm on Twitter at Uppity Hick. Uh, you know, listen to the Two Tongues podcast. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple. We're on most of the podcatchers. Not all of. I think some of them are still slipping through my grip. Uh, but you know, I'm trying. Uh, and that's about it. You know, I, I'm at Uppity Hick on pretty much everything that I'm on. Uh, and and we're uh, at Two Tongues Pod on anything that we have uh, a social media presence on. Awesome, man. Well, thanks a lot. It was good chatting with you. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Later, brother. Later.